Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is a Lip Media podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. We haven't spoken in a few weeks. It's been a straight minute. I know. Everyone will have noticed we haven't put out uh, an episode in in a few weeks. And the last episode we put out, we kind of talked about, you know, I talked about myself anyways, being in lockdown, having a bit of burnout. Um, You know, we haven't been able to travel, so it's been hard to put out content around travel. So, you know, we just needed a couple weeks to recharge, but we're feeling good again. Yes, I'm feeling we better. Are. <laughs> Steph, still on her um, amazing... Uh, road trip in Australia, which I'm still very envious of, but <laughs> there's a light a light at the end of the tunnel here um, yes. in London. And great news, I have been vaccinated. Yes, you have. I've got my first jab. Now, for those of you wondering, no, I am not 60 years old. Uh, that was, it was funny because I got the jab and everyone's like, you know, over in the UK, like they're doing it by age, obviously, same as anywhere. Um, but yeah, I got mine. Everyone's like, how old are you? But... <laughs> I actually volunteer with my local council and I had been helping administer the jobs at uh, some of the pharmacies Mm -hmm. uh, in South London. And when I say administer the jobs, I'm not actually physically giving anyone a job. Yeah. I'm just handing out the stickers at the end and like taking names on the iPad. But anyways, so I was doing a shift the one day and the pharmacist was like, oh, well, I can give you your job because you volunteering makes you a healthcare worker. I was like, oh, great. So Aww. sometimes it pays to give back, even though it shouldn't when you volunteer, but right. sometimes it does. <laughs> so Sweet. I got the um, AstraZeneca, which I think they only, I think they only have that in Europe. I'm assuming in Australia, they probably don't have that one. That was the one that was developed in uh, Oxford. Yeah. I haven't been following it closely enough since I'm basically going to be last on the list to be vaccinated. I yeah. just figure I'll get there yeah, when I get there. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I felt it was um when I got it, I I did feel pretty sick for like a 
day after and it was it was like essentially the same symptoms I had when I had COVID Mm -hmm. I got really tired and I was really achy and I was like oh no like this is it just (laughs) kind of gave me a bit of PTSD um but then I was fine in a day well which is funny though because my parents who both have been vaccinated as well in Canada um Mm. because of their age they both got AstraZeneca and they both felt fine they said they felt well nothing well, because um, apparently if you've had COVID before, mm-hmm. your symptoms after the jab apparently are worse. So if your parents haven't had COVID and then I did, they're saying that there's like a link there hmm. somehow. But yeah. Um, yeah, and they're saying with younger people as well that they're getting the after effects. Well, I've also seen um, people, not to turn this into like a vaccination episode, but yeah. um, articles about people who had COVID who get vaccinated and after, you know, the initial reaction to the vaccination subsides, their long COVID mm. symptoms are disappearing. So I'm actually really excited oh. to get vaccinated for that reason. Okay. That's a good thing. Because, yeah, I think you were kind of saying like, horrible. Same, just feeling really fatigued, like just at random times. I definitely um, have the chronic fatigue and I have the brain fog. So actually, ooh. and like you'll notice, notice this as you edit episodes. Um, I find ever since I had it, I pull the wrong word out of my brain. So I'll like pull a similar mm. word and I catch myself as I'm doing it. And then I say the right word, but that right. that is a new development. So I'm really hoping that little bit of brain fog rewinds well yeah so yeah feeling good like feeling a lot better about the whole lockdown situation again light at the end of the tunnel i'm vaccinated i'm getting my second jab in may which means i can start traveling again which is exciting so yeah so we thought this week we wanted to do an episode where we're kind of again reminiscing yeah like we're getting ourselves excited again feeling that mojo yeah and we we started sort of talking about our first time experiences and you know when you have those first time experiences they're yeah not those first time experiences and nobody's first time experience in that is ever a good story (laughs) let's be honest here but um but yeah travel first time experiences and you know we were Steph and I were kind of talking about some of these and how how it made us feel and you know how it inspired us to want to travel more so we thought we would take you down memory lane for Steph and Andrea, our first times. I I wanted to, you know, the first one talking about the first time we were ever on a plane. Steph, Mm. do you remember your first time on a plane? I I do not. (laughs) I straight up do not. We're off to a good start. Yes. I would have been quite young. Um, Thankfully, my parents were quite keen on traveling and it was a priority for Mm. them as well. So I have no idea the first time I was on a plane do you remember being on a plane though I, like, do you remember your first time being on a plane it doesn't have to necessarily be the first time but the first time you remember yes well see the irony is I remember my first trips I remember mm-hmm. and they were definitely overseas and over continents and I don't remember flying there or back. I don't remember the flight part of it. <laughs> okay. Maybe yeah. your parents gave you some Calpol or like what, the equivalent of like maybe. child's Child Valium. And <laughs> yeah. Maybe you were just passed out. They were like, we're not dealing with any temper tantrums on this plane. I mean, I wouldn't blame them if they did. But well, um, back in those days as well, that's when, you know, you'd 
do a little finger of like whiskey in a I was going to say, they just like put the bottle of whiskey around my gums. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. perfectly acceptable back then. <laughs> now, not so much, but so maybe that's why. Yeah, really the first time I remember, like full on remember, would have been in university, going on trips with my friends. Okay. Yeah. Just So this is like the fun plane rides and- as well when you're probably drinking, getting real excited <laughs> to you like you're not excited necessarily about being on a plane. Right. But just Yeah. Yeah, it really would just be that and like obviously at that point I'd been on tons of flights, so it was all very normal and natural to me. Like I didn't have that excitement, mm. that first time excitement because I was used to it. I just over time those memories maybe someone's done something maybe someone's hypnotized maybe there was something traumatic that i don't remember maybe Maybe you were in like a plane crash and you don't even remember (laughs) they wiped it out blocked it out you need to go to therapy and it's just gonna like come back oh no at some point it's like ptsd um (laughs) do you remember yours i remember yeah so it's funny because mine's a little bit the opposite of yours where i remember being on a plane and i remember sitting there with my sister and we were really young and i was sitting by the window seat and i remember liz was in the middle seat and i actually remember feeling bad that i was in the window seat my sister wasn't and she really wanted to look out the window and i was trying to share with her but i don't remember where we were going Hmm. and i'm trying to think back to any like vacations we took as a kid and I was thinking like was this when we went to Disney World but then I remember we drove to Disney World which was in Orlando that was like a you know a couple day road trip that we did yeah and then I remember we you know at some point we did a trip out to British Columbia to see um my half sister lives out there and but then I remembered we drove there as well which was like a week long road trip yeah that's a long one we did we did a lot like a lot of road trips but I yeah, I do remember being on this plane with my sister. We were young enough that mm-hmm. I was like excited about being on a plane and being up in the sky and looking at the window, but I have no idea where we were going. Um, so I might have to check in with my parents to figure this out. Maybe I'm making this up. <laughs> we got to put pieces of the puzzle of our lives together, apparently. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Maybe whatever, wherever we went, maybe that was some PTSD for me. I don't know. Um <laughs> But yeah, I remember having that typical kid feeling of just being really excited. I remember I had tons of leg room. Um, oh, which... yeah, because you would have had tiny legs. <laughs> exactly. It's not like I was sitting up in like business class. No, I had tiny legs and now I do not have tiny legs. They are very long. You have long, luscious legs now. I'm envious. <laughs> so, you know, I really should have, I think at the time really not taken all that leg room for granted because little did I know yes. that years later I would be six feet tall and <laughs> be paying for extra leg room on a plane. But, um, so yeah, that was my first, first time on a plane. Okay. Now tying into that. So, because you don't really remember, you remember the plane, but not the trip. Do you remember mm-hmm. the first time you traveled abroad and maybe not the first time, but what was the first time you remember traveling abroad? So first time traveling abroad definitely was not that trip because I didn't go abroad like properly abroad. And we're not talking like the U S doesn't count anyways. Right. Cause we're from Canada. I don't count the U S. Yeah. Yeah. We don't count the U S been there a million times. Maybe that's where we went. Now that I'm thinking, did we fly to Chicago? Okay. I'm going to figure this out. Um, anyways, first time abroad would have been when I was an adult. Um, I, we didn't really do any trips. Well, we didn't do any trips abroad. Again, we stayed in North America and I think, does the Dominican Republic count as abroad? Absolutely. 
okay, then that's where I went. I was like 21, maybe? I Actually, probably younger. And do you, know, do you know what I remember about your trip to the Dominican? Mm, what's that? I remember that you, at the time, had a, you weren't 21 because you had a fake ID. And yes. you found this girl's fake ID who was from Canada. Or no, you found some girl's real ID. Liz did. My sister. No, and then you so, used okay. it for years or for some till we yes. were of age. So you definitely weren't 19 yet or you wouldn't have needed that fake ID. No. So this was this was the story. <laughs> you so you told part of it. But actually, that's funny because I forgot about that. So my sister, who was like queen of like spring break when spring break happened um, in Canada, but like there was no like in Canada, everyone just goes to like Florida, all the spring break places in North America. Anyways, Mm -hmm. so Liz had gone to somewhere in Florida. I can't remember where. And she found this girl's ID like in a hotel or like in a club or something and it was a canadian like ontario yeah ID. not far and this from girl, us yeah and this girl was like a few years older than me and you stuff and so my sister found it and very thoughtful of her she brought it back and was like i feel like this could pass as you for a fake id <laughs> and i remember the girl's name was becky yeah and i looked at it i was like yeah it's actually not bad and so i did i used this fake id for like for years like when yes. Steph and I, when we'd go to the bar we would you know i'd show this id and they're like yeah no problem yeah go in and it worked everywhere and so the trip to the dominican i don't right. think i had I the, remember the fake id and i i was over 19 then but i went with um a friend of ours april and ooh, we're not friends anymore but <laughs> no bad blood we just lost touch over the years but anyways and, you know, April said, my friend and I are going to the Dominican. You should come with us. And I had never, you know, been on like a big trip like this. And it was the all inclusive. And I was like, yes, like this sounds awesome. And so I paid the money. And I, I when I met them at the airport, the girl, her friend was the girl in my fake ID. It was this <laughs> Becky girl. And I was like, and I, and it's not like I needed a fake ID in the Dominican. Yes, you were of age. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember looking at this girl, I was like, oh my God. And so as the days went on, like, I don't know this girl at all, but like, you know, we spend a week together. So like, you get to know each other and we became friendly. And I was like, I got to tell her, like, I got to tell her. And I thought she would find the humor in it. I would. I would think that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's technically identity theft now. (laughs) Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, so I told her, and I'm not sure if April knew, like, I can't remember, but I'd definitely been to the bar with April many times and I had her, you know, best friend's fake ID. So presumably April didn't know this was the ID that I had been using, but I told her one night, like over dinner and I was like, I've got to tell you something. And this is, you know, funny or whatever. And I said, did you go to spring break? And it was Daytona. That's it. Daytona, Florida. I'm like, did you do spring break in Daytona? Like a few years ago, she was like, oh yeah, I did. And then I said, you know, did you lose your license or id she's like yeah and i could see her face just kind of like and so i told her the story and she was like oh so you've been using my id and she got really pissed off and i'm like oh i'm like i don't use it anymore because at the time i would have been 19 or 20 so i was old enough to drink in canada and she was not she did not see the humor in it and i told her i was like oh i don't use it anymore but you know my sister found it and she was like oh okay and just, and we never spoke again after that. That was the end of oh, our blooming so friendship good. in the Dominican. Um, 
so that was my first time abroad. So actually, quite a funny little story there. But yeah. um, don't use fake IDs, guys. I don't think any of our <laughs> listeners are <laughs> young enough to be using fake IDs. But yeah, but besides that, yeah, it was a, a week spent in the Dominican Republic. Uh, I didn't leave the resort. I drank a lot. Um, you know, typical party party, like let's sit by the pool bar. I didn't want to do anything else except drink and party on the resort. Yeah, yeah, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And now looking back, I'm like, what an awful vacation that actually would be now. Just sitting on a resort doing absolutely nothing. So, Good story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was mine. Steph, what's yours? I mean, you were probably a bit younger and you weren't running around with a fake ID. <gasps> yeah, no, I wasn't. So my first time traveling abroad that I really remember well, actually, was when uh, I would have been about six or seven and we went to Man- my whole family went to Manzanillo, Manzanillo, Mexico, and mm. I swear over time, you know how sometimes you exaggerate things in your mind. I swear over mm-hmm. time that trip has turned into months. Like I lived in Mexico for months. Um, <laughs> okay, I don't know how long it actually was. Like to my six year old perspective, how long yeah. it really was. It seems yeah. When you're younger though, they do say that time. Like don't you find as we get older, time they it, it is true that time seems to go by so quickly and you know when people have kids and they're like oh they just grow up so fast like it's true though like years go by like minutes but when you're a kid yeah a minute lasts uh, like three hours so Yeah. yeah i'm with you on that yeah so my whole family went to manzanillo mexico and i know we had our own house and i just really remember like there were lizards that would run through the house and i don't know why i just have this really morbid memory of a coconut fell on a lizard and it like its head popped off and I just have a really distinct memory of looking at it so intrigued and like so horrified at the same time I mean like wow like life can end at like an existential crisis at six years old about how like (laughs) one day you can just be like meandering down the road and then a coconut falls on you and you die it's like wily coyote coconuts (laughs) falling on people actually is a bigger killer than most people realize what? Like you're more likely to die of a coconut falling on your head than you are of a shark attack. Things like that. Interesting. Yes. Do you think this is where your like true crime obsession came from? Maybe. Maybe. I was like trying to solve the mystery of the coconut on the lizard when really it was the tree. Mm-hmm. Like do you think someone threw the coconut on him? No. I think it was okay. just a life lesson about the circle of life. Okay, I like your like yours. Yeah, yeah I was young. Like a... Vivid memories. I remember the bathing suit I was wearing, probably because there's a photo of it. Had a little zipper. I thought it was super cute. Cute. Um, yeah, I love that trip. I think yeah, great trip. Thanks, mom, dad. It's, it sounds like you guys did like way more fun family trips than we did. Again, we we did Disney World, but like I don't. We never went to Mexico. We did like road trips where my sister and I used to just fight in the car. This is probably why. Now that I'm saying this, like, why the hell <laughs> would my parents mystery. want to take my sister and I on a plane or do any family vacations? Because we used to just fight and argue all the time. They would have been too embarrassed it. by you. <laughs> yeah, no, we were awful. And when I say we, my sister was awful. I was the good child, obviously. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Let's talk about the first time yes. we ever felt homesick. So actually, this one I remember. <laughs> one I was remember quite young. Well. Okay. Well, I so this isn't uh, abroad, but I remember when I was probably about 12. I want to say 11, 12. And at my school, there was this girl who was from Quebec. 
Her name was Joanie. And we were friends. And then she was there for like a year. And then her family was moving back to Quebec. And we had become friends. My parents had kind of like befriended her parents. And they thought it, my parents thought maybe it was a good idea for me to go spend like a couple weeks out in Quebec and stay with their family over the summer so I could get better at my French because I went to a French immersion school Mm -hmm. um and I don't know my parents were probably just like oh this would be fun she could go spend two weeks with her friends in Quebec Mm -hmm. a little vacation and so I remember we went out there and we had friends uh like family friends from Ottawa which Ottawa um is where I was actually born and this is where our friends lived um Anyways, this is right near Quebec, and they they were visiting in Ontario, and they had said, like, oh, well, we can actually drive her there, because it's, what, like a six, seven-hour drive? Yeah, it's not far. It's not too far. I mean, that sounds a lot for someone from that lives in the UK. They're like, six-hour drive, but that's nothing. Anyway, so they were like, oh, we can, you know, we can drive her there. So anyways, I went with them, and then I spent, and then I got to Quebec. I spent two weeks with Joanie's family, but I remember every day I was so homesick. And I did not want to be there. And, you know, you can imagine, like, as a 12-year-old in, mm. like, a, a city. I don't even know where they lived in Quebec. It, was, it wasn't it was Montreal. It wasn't, like, some cosmopolitan city. But everyone's speaking French. I didn't really know this family that well. Like, you know, I was friends with, the you know, their daughter. But And I remember just every day I was so sad. And I just, like, cried. And I wanted to go home. And I remember at one point calling my mom. Because, I, you know, they'd check in, like, how's it going? And I remember being like, I really want to come home, thinking my mom would just, like, come pick me up. <laughs> yeah, she's like, <laughs> like suck I'd, it up, buttercup. <laughs> yeah, like, not really, I think, taking into account how far, you know, it's not like my mom could just drive six hours. But, yeah, they were like, oh, like, you'll come home soon, like, chill out. Um, and I remember the day, I don't know how I got home, but someone must have come to pick me up. I don't remember. Anyways. But I was so happy to leave. Like, I was just like, get me out. And there was nothing. Like, the family was lovely. It was just when you're a kid and you're away for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. You feel really homesick. And then... Did you never get sent to, like, sent away for weeks at a time at summer camp or... Yeah, I remember doing summer camp, but the summer camp I went to was literally down the road from my parents' house. It was Circle Square Ranch, okay. right? So I'd go for a week, and, like, you'd get that initial feeling, like, oh, you, you know, your parents leave. They're like, okay, bye. But, like, I also knew they were super close by, and it would be a week, and, you know, and I'd have super fun at camp. But I remember being at this family's house, and we did a couple fun things, but it was mostly just, like, chilling at, you know, at their house and watching The Simpsons in French, which, to me, I was like, this is shit. Give me yeah. Simpsons in English. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was the first time I really felt homesick. Like I was okay. like every day just wanting to go home. And Aww. I cried like every day. And I was like, I don't ever want to do this again. But maybe um, that's what made you into a strong, independent woman in the end. Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, <laughs> Traumatizing experiences frame us. I know. Again, my parents were probably just trying to get rid of me for two weeks. And my sister was probably at summer camp or something at that time. So yeah. They were, yeah, they were just having the best time without you. Exactly. Um, What about you? What was your first homesick experience? Okay, so actually mine's going to be a little bit backwards, but my first time was when my parents actually booked a last minute two week trip, 10 day trip, something like that to China. They found a really good deal and Mm. it was the kind of trip where you had to leave in like two days. Um, so they bought it and they left for China and they dumped me at my grandmother's house, which oh, okay. 
And I still haven't forgiven them for this. I will say that. I know they're going to listen because my sister had brainwashed my grandmother into thinking I was this horrible teenager. I must have been about 14, I want to say. 14, maybe 15. Okay. And it was just, it was awful. It was like every day my grandma would give my sister money for her and her friends to go out. She even gave her money for like for her friends. And I wasn't allowed to go out. It was like house arrest. Like, oh, no. I wasn't allowed to do anything because she was just brainwashed into thinking I was horrible. <laughs> like, and I literally just remember sitting at home crying and I called my parents in China every day and asked them to come home. And I think so part kind of, of me... the same as me, like, just come home from China. It's like, we can't <laughs> I just. Was. I was. And I really think they thought it would get better. But I will tell them right now it didn't get better and I haven't forgiven them. For, oh that yeah. sucks yeah it was so sad so i was like still in my hometown i wasn't that far from actual home but it was like even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everything about so. home was gone. I mean, I remember when my grandma used to take care of us when our parents were away and when we were like teenagers, though, my, my parents did not leave us alone in the house when they were away, even when yeah, we were like... Yeah, and I get why my parents didn't leave me alone, to be fair. I should caveat that. Yeah. No, but what I was going to say was, my, I mean, my, my experience, like when my grandma used to come take care of us, it was awesome because like no. we'd come home from school at like 4 p.m. My grandma would have like first dinner ready. She'd have like tacos. Oh, here's 4 p.m. dinner. We're like, oh, okay. She's like, oh, don't worry. We'll have more dinner at 7. I'm like, okay. All right. Sweet. And then my grandma used to let me drive the car as well when I didn't have a license. Yeah, which was pretty fun. She's like, oh, you've got your learner's permit. Oh, see, my grandma loved me, but she did not like me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about the first time traveling solo? Mm, So going anywhere on your own. Yes. And this actually was right about the time I met you, I think, because I Mm. and I mean, caveat, no one who's listening to the story ever do this ever (laughs) um but i had like this online best friend i'd been best friends with for like eight years i want to say when i was Uh 17 so i was 17 we'd been like best friends and 
he lived in Ohio and I was like, I'm going to drive to Ohio and hang out with them. And this I did. This back in the day when you would meet, like you would go into chat rooms. Yes. And have like pen pal. This was very, I mean, I feel like most of our listeners are probably around our age. So like this is, this was a very normal thing. You would yeah. have like your little chat room pals and you would keep in touch for years. Like yeah. years. We still do. Yeah. 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 Um, but I did, I was 17 and my mother actually had a work trip. So she was gone for a few days and I took off quote unquote for school one morning and (laughs) I spent the day driving to Ohio and then hung out and then came back the next day. How long was totally normal? Uh, so I think it was about six and a half hours. Okay. It wasn't horrible. I remember this, yeah, this was like a couple days after I met you. We met at a house party mm-hmm. and I needed a ride home that night. I don't know where my ride was, but you were like, oh, I can drop you off because we didn't live too far. We were both like kind of in the north end of Brantford. And I was like, all right. So I remember being in the car and you had like sync or some, I don't I would know, have. like yep. boy band On brand. going in. I was <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is really not, like, not my thing. But I was like, oh, this girl seems cool. And then you were telling me about this trip you were going to take tomorrow. Yeah. Or the next day, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So you're just, like, driving to Ohio. And you're like, yeah, I'm meeting this boy. I've been talking to you on the internet for, like, eight years. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, is this your car? And you were like, no, it's my parents' car, but, like, I use it. I was like, oh, so your parents are just letting you, like, drive to Ohio to meet a boy. And we were, age-wise, I don't even think we, yeah, you, we were 17. Yeah. 16, 17. You're a little bit older than I was me, a like, young 17, a yeah. Yeah. And I would have been, like, 16. And I just thought, like, oh, your parents are just letting you drive to Ohio to meet a boy off the internet. And you were just nonchalant. You're like, nope, I'm just taking the car and going. I'm not telling them. I'm like... Oh, I like this girl. She's cool. Still, and that was the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, and then can I just add as well? There was many more trips in years to follow where we just took Steph's car and didn't tell her parents. Which my poor parents. It would be like Friday morning, and my mom would be like, "Oh, where are you going?" We'd be like, "The beach. Be back in a few hours," and we'd come back like Sunday night because she wouldn't let me go if we told her. Whereas my parents oh. would be like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm just in Port Dover with Steph. Okay. Yeah. When are you my coming poor back? parents. Sunday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. Yes. Um, your first solo trip experience is way more exciting than mine. mine what was, was yours? Um, mine, I went to, I went to Rome. So it was after I moved over, we moved over to London and it was like a few months later and I'm like right I need to I think I was just feeling really unsure if I made the right decision yeah moving over here uh I wasn't homesick I mean I probably was a little bit homesick but just because it was like new unfamiliar and I'd been here I think it was like three months at this point and I was like right you need to book a trip somewhere like this is because I think I was kind of waiting I was waiting to like have someone to go with because you had already moved back at that point yeah and so then I was like solo in London I was like okay well I can't travel on my own like I need friends to go with but then I was like I don't have any friends yet I'm like if I want to go somewhere I just need to do it yeah and travel on my own and I thought it was really weird to be you know going to like take a vacation by myself and then so I, I just booked a flight to Rome for like a long weekend 
And I absolutely loved it. It was my first time experiencing solo travel. And I was like, this is the best. And then since then, I've done so much solo travel to the point I almost prefer it to yeah. traveling with people because oh, yes. I like <laughs> I like to be in my own schedule. I think I've probably realized as I've gotten older, I'm a bit more of an introvert than I ever thought I was. I've always, you know, labeled myself as an extrovert, but I actually don't think I am. I think I like my own, my own time. Um, but yeah, Rome. And it was awesome. It was one of those trips that like, I just did so much. I saw so much. I, um, and this actually ties into one of our first, we're going to talk about like your first travel friend. Um, and I feel like this is where I first had my first like buddy that we added each other on Facebook. His name is Piero. I met him on the plane over there and he was like a little tour guide for me and not like a creepy way. He wasn't like trying to get my number, nothing. He was just like this cool dude. That's like, you're here in your own. Welcome to my hometown. I'm going to like tell you all the good spots to go. I went to a party with him. Um, the one night it was this like awesome rave that was, you wouldn't know what was going on unless you knew someone there. Um, and yeah, I just had like the best time. And I actually think a lot of my solo trips, like they've all been great, but they've never been really like been the same as that first solo trip to Rome yeah. where, you know, you felt, I felt just really like, oh, okay, I can do this. And I felt so, I remember going back to London after that, just feeling so much better about, you know, the decision to move and, you know, living abroad and thinking like, oh, I could do this every weekend. Nice. Um, yeah. And then talking about like, yeah, I already talked about my first travel friend, but what about you, Steph? We always uh, talk about meeting friends abroad and how great it is. And you know why? I don't even know who my first travel friend is. I don't even care who my friend. Can I just talk for a second about my favorite travel friend that I met? Yeah, we could do your first. Okay. Cause well, you actually know her friend that that you've like keep in touch with that. You're still friends with now. Maybe. Yes. How about, cause we'll do that. I talked to her all the time and you know uh-huh. her so it's this girl her name's natalie oh yeah i know <laughs> natalie like, we met out traveling obviously we crossed paths she's from the uk we were both in the states and we crossed paths and we met these two brothers who it was funny because it was like one brother who's actually trying to pick both of us up at the same time mm-hmm. and it was this classic case example of we were like actually you're really cool and she's like you're really cool we're like let's go out for a night and so he took us both out and paid for all our drinks that night and then we left them there (laughs) it was fantastic nice and to this day we're besties and we send each other memes every day and oh i love her that's cute yeah i know natalie natalie's sweet yes she Um, has outshone anyone who might have been my first travel friend yeah i think i it's always like i think i've made i'm the same as you where i know you have a lot of travel friends i do and my first one would have been, yeah, Piero, but then same with my favorite one, my favorite one. And like, I always like to look at them, like, who do I actually still keep in touch with? And yes. not just on Facebook, but ones that like I would send a, you know, a message to if I was going to be in their hometown or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mine, like my friend Danielle that I met in uh, Costa Rica, like three years ago, she lives in London. She doesn't live too far from me. We like paired up because I went with a group. I did like my first group trip. And I guess this is a first, my first group trip where mm-hmm. I you know, went with a company and they, there was like a group of 10 of us. Um, and this was like the more budget ones where they put you with a roommate for the week, which I was a bit unsure of. I was like, Oh, like, do I want to share, you know, accommodation with just one? Like there's something different about sharing with one person versus being in a hostel where there's yeah. a bunch of people. It's a little bit more intimate when it's just one person. Um, but yeah, it was my friend Danielle and we met and then we were like besties for the whole week. Uh, in Costa Rica to the point people actually thought we knew each other beforehand Mm -hmm. 
And it was funny, like near the end of the trip, there was loads of people in our group being like, hold on, you guys only met the day that we got here. We're like, oh yeah, we thought you guys all knew that. And they all thought we came together. Um, and so then we came back to London. I remember, you know, we still hung out and still to do to this day. I'm going to her wedding next year. Yeah, oh, she wasn't so- the one getting married in Italy, was she? No, that was, uh, no, that's my other friend who that has been postponed for a second time this year. So I don't know (laughs) if that's ever going to happen. Yeah. So we've talked about, you know, solo travel. We've talked about group travel. We've talked about like rooming. Have you ever done anything? Like what would you say, if anything, is your first super bougie trip or maybe not even trip, but like super bougie experience? My first really bougie trip was probably one of the first, this would probably be my second or third time going abroad, but it was in Paris. Of all places, to do a bougie trip, you want to do it in Paris. Now, I think we've talked about this before, where I'm not a huge fan of Paris anyways, but that was my first place in Europe that I had ever been to. Okay. And at the time, obviously I thought it was amazing, because it's Paris, but... My sister's work paid for it. So she works in sales. It was basically like, you know, you sell enough for the year and everyone goes on a trip. And so she took me with her, which was really nice of her. Um, and we stayed in a really nice hotel. We had like nice dinners every night with her company at like really posh restaurants. We did like we went down to the Champagne region and did like a tour down there. But yeah, so it was just like a super bougie, posh experience. And I think maybe, perhaps, this is why Paris has ruined it, like for me. Because <laughs> anytime I've... Gone... Well, no, I have gone back loads of times. Like, I've had to go for work. But anytime I've gone, after that, I've just never had a good experience in Paris. And my mm. first experience was great, but because it was just done on, like, the very expensive side. And so I, what I've realized is I think for Paris, like, if you're going to go, you have to splash out. You want that really bougie experience in Paris for Paris to be held up on this, like, pedestal that it is. Um, yeah, whereas the other times I've gone, I've stayed in really crummy places where there's been, like, rats, which I know you can get rats anywhere, but I'm just saying there was a lot more of them <laughs> in Paris than I've seen anywhere else. This, I don't know. Something got ruined for me in Paris after that <laughs> bougie experience, but it set the standard. Basically, it it, maybe that's it. Maybe it was. Maybe I should have never gone back because it was just never going to be as good as it was the first time. True. So, yeah. Oh well, I would love to have that experience. So, Liz, if you're listening, next work trip, I'm available. <laughs> yeah, you could take Steph. Um, <laughs> Steph, you've done some bougie shit. You've done way more bougie shit than I have. Yeah, well, and none of them have been of my own accord. But this one that stands out when we were, I I was, you know, thinking about this. So I, and I still to this day don't understand how this came about. But Hmm. there's a big weekend in Canada where it's like everyone who owns a boat goes out to this island for a day and you drink. It's called the Podhawk Piss Up. It's always a good day. And I'd been for a number of years. So yeah. I get a message from this girl, like I knew her and I liked her, but we, we'd never been close. But she was like, hey, are you going to Potahawk this weekend? And I was like, no, not this year. I don't really, like no one I know is going. And I never had a boat. Like I only went if friends you, who had you boats need were to, going. Yeah, you have to be friends with people that have boats to do this. Yeah. So she said, oh, I'm going for the whole weekend. Do you want to come? But you need to be available like all weekend because we're staying over. I said, oh, is there... Like, if it's a sleeper boat, because usually you go under and it's a little space. I'm like, are you sure there's room for me? She's like, yeah, there's definitely room for you. You should come. I'm like, okay. 
And then I'm asking her leading up to the event. I'm like, okay, who's doing, because normally you split up meals. One person brings breakfast, another lunch. I'm like, what should I bring for food and alcohol? And she's like, don't worry, it's all taken care of. And I'm like, what kind of trip is this? And then I get there and it was a billionaire's 92 foot yacht we were going on. (laughs) Oh my God. And it was like, I don't even know how to describe the weekend. So it was fully, a chef was catering it. All the alcohol was supplied. We all had our own bedrooms, but it was out of this world. Like there were cameras in every single room, even like the bathrooms. And they said, if you don't like that, don't get on the boat. Because obviously billionaires are always, people could say anything, right? Um, Yeah, of course. So he's like, these cameras are my insurance. You don't like it, you don't get on the boat. And it was probably the bougiest. It was like this little glimpse into a world I will never be part of. Like there was, yeah. I'll never forget. I'll just tell the one. So I drove a black Hyundai Elantra and this yacht had its own parking lot, private parking lot. And I remember pulling up, all the cars were black. And I remember thinking, oh, at least my car blends in. It was like right. a black Rolls Royce Phantom. There was a new Hummer. And I don't remember what all the other ones were, but I remember as the yacht was taking off, some girl on the boat was like, who the F brought the Elantra? And I was just looking around. I'm like, I don't know. Who would it be? Yeah, I don't know. It's next to my Hummer. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was an out of this world experience. Like, So how long were you on the boat? Just like two days. The for, yeah. So three days, two nights. Um, fully catered. Yeah. Very, very different world. (laughs) Like I just don't have words for it, but everything was super bougie and super lovely. And, um, yeah, had a fantastic time. I will say that. I mean, I've never been on a yacht, but I feel like it would again be one of those because I've done Potahawk, right? The, this party we just talked about. I've only ever done it on like, you know, I don't even know, like her friend's boat was like a tugboat or like, (laughs) you know, basically this, this party, like you get out there any way you can, even if you take a canoe, like people will come in little dinghies and you just party for the day. And I I would imagine if I then did it in a yacht, I wouldn't be able to go back and do it in like just a little you know like motor boat that we normally would take <laughs> i do honestly i remember the boats like people would be like oh i've got a pontoon for the weekend and the pontoon looked like it was gonna fall apart like as soon as you set out on it yeah. and we were like this is great we're getting there yeah. oh my god i mean those potahawk weekends were but i i I've, i did it a few times and actually looking back it's tiring they were <laughs> They're exhausting and terrible, and I remember I got some of the worst sunburns of my life. You drink from morning to night, yeah. Boozing all day on a boat, not putting sunscreen on, because you're like 20 and you don't care about what your skin's going to look like, and you're not thinking about needing (laughs) Botox then, or, you know, your skin wrinkling up and just... Oh, it was, I, again, looking back at every Potok I went to, it's a terrible experience, but also fun at the time. It was the best time. (laughs) So last one, I think we need to talk about a first, because I feel like Steph, you and I have had a few of these. What was your first travel romance? So I would say my first one was, I was 17 years old. I was going to Daytona Beach for the weekend, which... Of course you were, spring break. I cannot believe my parents allowed me to go to Daytona Beach for spring break at 17. (laughs) What were they thinking? Um... (laughs) But I, on the bus ride to Daytona, met the cutest boy, and he was like my little Daytona boyfriend all week, which was probably a good thing, because then I didn't go like crazy, crazy while I was there. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's true. Maybe your parents hired this boy. Maybe they <laughs> hired him to keep you in check. <laughs> Just had like the loveliest week and then came back. And it's one the one thing advice I'd give to everyone is like, now granted, I'm also someone who lived, moved to Australia. So maybe I'm not the right person to be giving this advice. But leave your travel romances as travel romances because we hung out a while after we were back and it was just like like should have left it in daytona beautiful memory yeah not the same it's the whole it's the whole like the whole idea of a travel romance is like it's it's like all an elevated experience right because it's different and it's supposed to i don't know it's it's never the same once you actually like then see them after that in like your own yeah. most of the time anyways you see I mean, them for who they them. really are <laughs> yeah. yeah what um, about you hit it end us out with something strong here mine's not even that strong but i think my first travel romance was an aussie boy when i went to australia of course it was a few years ago and it's so funny because uh, his name was james and we met in byron bay mm-hmm. and he was so like it's funny because i look back now and i'm like i don't think he was as cute as i thought he was but at the time like that's always how it goes (laughs) yeah i'm like first i'm hearing an aussie accent and he's exotic and he's from australia and like i remember he was nice whatever but but yeah we just you know had a little like romance and like we kept in touch but like i also think i knew it wasn't like you know he's in australia i'm in canada at the time but like actually looking back i think so this guy was not from byron bay he was there on holiday with his friends they were having like a boys weekend oh no and like i'm pretty sure this dude was just like a super chavvy aussie dude from i don't know where like there was nothing i think i had him on facebook for the longest time and as i had started like traveling more and like meeting you know people from different parts of the world like i think this dude i actually looked at i was like oh no this dude's like just super chavvy and he was chavvy when i met him but what does chavvy mean chavvy's like Like bogan oh yeah i guess it'd be kind of like bogan okay just a bit like how what would we say in canada like trashy Trashy. yeah trashy like yeah probably and i'm not like you know i'm not like an elitist guys but you know what i mean like when you're on vacation we've all had that guy too don't worry yeah yeah, you have like your rose tinted glasses on and again I'm like first like oh he's got this accent. Like accents wear off as well. Like we were the same stuff when we moved over to the UK. Yeah. We're like, ooh, boys with English accents. They're all so handsome. Honestly, I can't stand a man with an English accent now. Most of them are not, you know, the Hugh Grants of Notting Hill and you hear some of them and you're like, Ugh, ugh. <laughs> but yeah, but that was my first yeah, again his name was James. He was a nice guy, but I mean, thank God. Like, I love it. No, I know. love that you're owning it because we've all had that person where we look and we're like, hmm, like what mind frame was I in at that time? <laughs> like, yeah. What a, yeah. Those, those are some of our firsts. Um, tell us what some of your firsts are. I mean, we had a few more that we didn't get to, but. Yes. And I'm going to throw all these categories up on our socials, on our Insta stories so that we can see yeah. yours. It's nice to go down memory lane and remember some of these first time experiences, whether they were good or bad, but even when they're bad, they're funny. (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. Well, on that lovely note, nice to be back. Nice to put an episode out for you guys. And we'll see you soon. 
All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.